today on an all-new Dr. Phil. They argue all the time about how to discipline their three sons. When I try to make rules, it just seems to fall apart. My fear is I push and push and push them, they're gone. My son pretty much controls me. Parents who've lost their power. I just feel defeated. There's no parenting going on here. We got the kids running the show. This is their turning point. Sometimes you can live with craziness to the point that you kind of get numb to it, right? Oh, I want to unnumb you here. This is going to be a changing day in your life. I know things are tough out there, but we can do this. Here we go. I want you to get excited about your life. Four, three. Let's do it. Well, when times are tough out there, there are all kinds of extra pressures on the families. I mean, think about it. You know we're under financial pressure right now. People are worried about losing their homes, losing their jobs, you know, cutting back, trying to make ends meet. It puts pressure on the family. Now, if you have grown kids who can't afford to live on their own, money worries, I mean, that just puts extra pressure on everything. So we're just talking about what toll it can exact on a family. Now, when the parents fight about it, life becomes twice as hard. You can probably multiply that by 10 for blended families. It's not just you and your biologists, because you got blended families. And you can probably multiply that 10 times again, but that blended family includes teenagers. <laughs> now, my guests Melissa and Robert are having a very tough time. They say their four-year marriage and blended family is on the rocks because they argue all the time about how to parent and discipline their three sons. I feel I'm at my wit's ends with the whole household because the boys are out of control. It's constant battling, fighting. There's no consistency with having rules for, for all three of them. Well, Rob has a whole different set of rules for Brandon than he does for his own boys. Brandon does not have any rules, and Melissa does not follow through on giving him any rules. Every time I try to make rules, it just seems to fall apart. I am powerless because I'm the stepmom. Rob overrides everything that I say. Well, Melissa says the reason things are out of control is that there is a big marijuana problem in their house. This whole house is on marijuana. My son Brandon uses marijuana every single day. I'll never stop smoking weed. It's just natural. It grows out of the ground. Ben smokes marijuana, and my dad just lets it go. I do feel hypocritical with I smoke pot at their age, and that could be part of the problem. I suspect Rob is using marijuana. I was putting groceries in Rob's vehicle, and I found marijuana seeds, marijuana flakes. It was marijuana. Well, Melissa and Robert say they have so many issues, they're afraid that they just might be headed for divorce. Everything seems impossible to me right now. It's pure chaotic hell in this house. The problems that Melissa and I have stem from the kids. A few months ago, Ben and Jacob did steal the company car and went joyriding. Jacob has a 13-year-old girlfriend. He's a over his girlfriend's house. Brandon and Rob's relationship's horrible. You never know when somebody's going to break into a fist fight. Melissa is extremely jealous and insecure. Rob spends way too much money. I feel I'm not a woman enough for Rob any longer. Okay. Why do you want to be here today? What's your objective? What's your goal? Uh, my number one goal is to get help from my family and to repair my marriage. If it's just you and the two boys, would everything be okay? Is this the toxic part of this situation? I mean, maybe we just get rid of her and everything no. would be good. 
No, I, I think that I've, I'm as bl much to blame as she is. I really do. What do you think? Is it just we got a bad mix here? No, I don't feel we have a bad mix. I just feel I came into this household trying to straighten it out and make rules. And if, if, if I would leave him, I think the, the boys would be in more trouble than they are now. Because I try to put a little bit of ground rules down. Okay. And you're not much of a disciplinarian, right? I, I have in the past. Um, you know, I've gone through counseling with the boys and set up rules and had the chart systems. And, and at some point, you know, uh, probably within the last six, eight months, I've, I just feel defeated. I, I don't know how to explain it. I, you know, I, I used to follow through and give them consequences to their actions, but for whatever reason, I, I have not followed through in probably the last six, eight months. There was I a power feel like struggle, I, I, you lost. I, I just don't know which way to turn, to be honest with you. I don't know. Okay. We need to be better communicators. We need to stick together for the boys. Like my son, um, the 20-year-old, he pretty much controls me. Like, if I say no to him, then he's violent. Like, he hasn't hit me or anything, but he gets angry. Uh -huh. And his marijuana, use, he, you heard the tape, he said he's never going to stop smoking marijuana. So how do we straighten out this family? I mean, I have give him, bought him three cars. I give him everything, and I just stopped paying his bills about eight months ago. He hasn't paid one. As parents, if I'm grading your, your report card, you get an F and an F as parents. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's no parenting going on here. We've got the tail wagging the dog. This isn't one of those situations where, you know, you're a little off-center, this is one of those situations when I read the book and, I mean, I called the producers and said, am I getting punked? <laughs> no, seriously, I said, are you, are, are, are is this like going on the Christmas reel or something? We've got parents here whose kids just announced, I'm smoking dope every day and I intend to for the rest of my life. And you go, well, you know, well, I hate that and walk off. <laughs> you do know that's illegal. Yes. I know that. You, you know that's illegal. Yes. And you, yours are 14 and 15. Correct. And they're smoking dope. Just my youngest. He's 14? Yes. You got a 14-year-old kid smoking dope. Yes. Right Openly. Right in the in, in the house. And, and, and you, know, you know what I mean when I say we got the tail wagging the dog here? Yes. We, we got the kids running the show. And here's the problem. The kids, their brains aren't grown yet. You know, their brains are like this big when they ought to be this big, and they won't be through growing until they're like 25. And smoking dope right now does severe damage to those developing brains and will eliminate certain developments because of the ingestion of the toxic material. Do you get that? You are brain damaging your children every single day right now and just walking by and saying, well, I did it when I was their age, so I, I, I kind of feel hypocritical if I tell them not to. So... I assume by that, if it means that you went out and, and did some ridiculous, heinous behavior, that you would think, well, I shouldn't tell them not to do that. I didn't learn from it. Dr. Phil, I have conversations with him every day about not smoking pot, and I'm just, I don't know what to do. I don't, I mean, I, I talk to him about that it's not right. I tell him do, I don't want him to smoke. I, it's not like I condone his behavior. It's exactly like you condone his behavior, because you do condone his behavior. Oh, come on, come on.
I, I'm trying to tell you, because we're going to change this, you and I, we're going to change this. Re reinforcements have arrived. Okay, seriously. Reinforcements have arrived. And I'm, I, I am not throwing you all under the bus in terms of your commitment to this family. One thing, and I told the producers when we were talking about it, one thing that's apparent to me is you all love your children. You care about your children. You want the best for your children. You've just lost your way. And, and sometimes you can live with craziness to the point that it becomes so rhythmic and, and repeated so much that you just say, it, it, it kind of almost gets to be the norm. I mean, I had people in my family that were crazier than a bed bug, and we got so used to them, nobody even noticed anymore. You know, I won't say who. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying, something? It's, it's when people come and look at it fresh, they go, oh my God, but you've seen it every day, you kind of get numb to it, right? Oh, I want to unnumb you here. Because this isn't okay, and it's got to stop right now. We've got to stop this. And I'm not just going to criticize you. I'm going to talk about how we do that. I, I want to put some verbs in my sentence and say, let's, let's have some to-do things that we can do. We've got to take a break. The kids aren't the only ones who are smoking pot. Um, and is it a little or a lot? I think there's some suspicion here. We'll talk about it when we come back. I said to Rob, this whole house is on marijuana. And I said, I might as well just smoke a joint. We went out and tried it one night when the kids were away. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I do feel the boys should have rules and structure. I know in my heart that it's wrong not to discipline. And I, I talk to them and tell them that I don't want swearing in my home. I don't want you smoking pot. And they've made comments to me, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to my mom's or I'm leaving. I mean, I've had Jacob pack up his stuff already. I, I don't want to put any more pain in their life. I just don't want to lose them. There have been so many tragic stories on the news lately of families on the edge during these really tough economic times. And, you know, sometimes what breaks is not the money side. It's just the family side. It's the relationships. It's giving in to the pressure. It's hard enough to make ends meet and keep a marriage together when there are just two of you. But imagine a blended family, a blended family with teenage sons. Now, Melissa and Robert are here. They're struggling to keep their family together. They fight constantly about disciplining their kids, or actually not disciplining their kids. Two of the three are using drugs on a regular basis. In fact, Melissa got so fed up with all the pot smoking that she joked about wanting to try marijuana too. And so that's exactly what she and Robert did. I said to Rob, this whole house is on marijuana. And I said, I might as well just smoke a joint. We went out and tried it one night when the kids were away. Well, he had one and we went in the car and I took two, maybe three puffs off of it. I just wanted to do it to see what the effect was with these kids. I put the pot away and forgot all about it. I put a, an old pipe and a screen, put it out in the car. She found it, now she thinks that I'm smoking all the time. I can't tell you the last time I smoked pot. Okay, this is about being brutally honest because 
we can't change what we don't acknowledge. We can't fix what we don't put on the table. So are you an occasional user or not a user or what? I mean, just be honest. I mean, Dr. Phil, the only time that I did it was with her that night, and um, we did also do it at my reunion. Um, but I do not smoke pot. It's not part of my life. Okay. I don't even like the way it makes me feel, to be honest right. with you. Do you believe that? I believe that he uses marijuana more often than those two times. Dr. Phil, I, I mean, I know there's other things that we need to talk about here, but she accuses me of doing things uh, all the time. Um, it's not just smoking pot. It's, right. it's, I could go on and on and on about the things that she accuses me of doing. So um, what are you she gets these things in her mind, and, and she just she won't let go. I had found the screens in your coat pocket, Rob. No, I understand that. I, I explained that. You have marijuana in, your in the car. I explained that. What, what else do you accuse him of? Don't look at him. You know. What's he, what's he going to do, tell you? He's, he's not going to tell you. You know. And so do I. Because I, I'm so insecure. And he never has time for me. But he has time for everything else. So you're jealous. Yes. And suspicious. Yes. And highly monitoring. I wouldn't say I'm highly monitoring. I wouldn't okay. say that. All right. Moderately monitoring. As in, what? Like being constantly suspicious and consistently accusatory. Not constantly, but yes, I accuse him, but he does the same to me. Okay. So we're, we do the same to each other. Well, now I'm going to start smoking dope. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. You're, you're being honest with me, but you're not being honest with yourself. You said I'm highly insecure. I am insecure. And so I feel very vulnerable, and therefore everything's a threat. A lot well, of things are a threat. I wasn't as insecure as I am since I've married Rob. Okay. And you are as well. I'd like to think of myself as being confident, but, yeah, at times I'm very weak. Well, you're not confident enough to lead your boys in a consistent and strong way as a father because you're afraid that you're going to lose them if you do. Those are your words, not mine. No, I'm just, did no, I read it right? No, you're correct. Children learn what they live. They do what they can. I mean, it's just like you, you, you put a dog out there. The dog's going to run until it hits a fence line, right? The dog's just going to keep going keep going. So are kids. They're going to keep pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope until finally something happens. They hit a wall or they get arrested or they, something happens. And what's happening right now is we have a chaotic situation with no boundaries and no parenting, and that's got to stop. You are not giving your children a gift by allowing them to do things that are inappropriate for their age, for their station, for their level of maturity. That is not a gift. I mean, do, do you believe that? No, I agree with you. And let me tell you, kids that are unhappy in life, that, that report the highest degree of depression, are kids that live in the two extremes. Those that are in highly restrictive situations where they can't do anything and they're absolutely on lockdown prisoners, and those who have no structure and can do anything, smoke dope, party, stay out late, whatever, on the other end, because neither one of them has any experience of self-control. The purpose of discipline is you hope that kids will eventually internalize it and self-discipline. Without any of that, what do you think is going to happen with these kids? Uh, they're destined for bad things. They're, uh, they're destined for bad things. I'm going to tell you a story that happened with me one time, and I've never forgotten it. 
I lived in Kansas City, and we were going to go to a basketball game in Lawrence, Kansas, 25 miles away. Ice storm hit. I've got this friend, and this, this kid was he's just a thug. I mean, this kid would fight a buzzsaw. He was the meanest kid you'd ever want to see. I mean, really, this was a, this was a tough kid. I mean, you talk about tough. He did fight anybody, anywhere, anytime, and loved it. And we went downstairs from my room and said, we're heading to the basketball game. And my parents looked around like I was insane. They said, are you kidding me? There's ice on the road. You're not going anywhere. Get back upstairs. We went back upstairs, and I looked over at my friend, and he was looking out the window with tears running down his cheeks. Toughest kid I ever knew, tears running down his cheeks. And I thought, man, he must have really wanted to see that basketball game. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure it out. And I went over to him and I said, are, are you okay? And he stared out the window for another 10 seconds and he said, you don't know what it would mean to me if my parents cared enough about me to tell me that I couldn't do anything let alone get out on these icy streets. When I left, they just said, bye. He said, I'd love for somebody to care enough about me to say, you're not going. Sometimes kids want you to tell them no because it gives them an excuse to not do something they know they need not to be doing. It gives them somebody to blame it on with their peers, with them not being cool. They want somebody to say, no, I'll make that decision for you. It ain't going to happen. There are other problems in this marriage. Melissa says Robert is fixated on other women, says she's insecure about that. He says it's all in her head. It's driving him towards divorce. So what we've got is, is a layer of problems from parent to parent. Then we've got a layer of problems parent to child. And I'll guarantee you we've got problems kid to kid. We're going to talk about all that when we come back. He likes young, beautiful women. If we go out to dinner, he doesn't even act like I'm there. I mean, if a woman walks in, he's all over her. He'll just, like, stare her down from top to bottom. He had told me his next life, he wanted to uh, be a photographer of naked women. tell her I love her 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and it doesn't help. We could make love <laughs> today, and tomorrow she hates me, or I'm, I'm somebody else. It's just, it's crazy. Well, we're talking with a blended family that's struggling with a host of problems from drug use, financial worries that everybody has. If it's not enough, Melissa says she feels completely insecure in the marriage. Because she says Robert's always comparing her to other women. Let's hear what she says. Since I've been married to Rob, I feel to Rob, he has no time for me. Like, I'm not enough for him. He's put me down about my body. If I have a low-cut top on, he'll say, we're all the men around you today looking at your breasts. He says, nothing on me is real. He never did put my name on the house. We don't even have a relationship any longer. You getting a bum rap here? I've said some hurtful things to her, there's no doubt in my mind. What hurt her the most? Uh, that she was fake. I mean, I, I love that she's a beautiful woman. I'm a lucky guy. I've said that to everybody that I've ever met. And, um, but I just, uh, you know, when we get into these fights, I, I say hurtful things. 
because she's hurting me. So I, I don't do it on purpose. I don't try to hurt her, but that's sort of how, how it comes out. I don't mean a word of it. What do you think when he calls you names? We're usually in heated arguments. And we pretty much, each of us, badmouth the other. Yeah. When you, you've, you've said some things to her that we can't repeat. I, I can't even, they're just calling her a blanking blank. I'll figure that out as far as FCC will go. You've told her, why don't you fly out on the broom you came in on? Now, I assume these are things said in anger and that you don't feel and you don't mean. There's no doubt in my mind that I don't feel that way. I say them because I get so frustrated and angry that um, she, she starts attacking me verbally and, and I, I say hurtful things back. I, I don't have a hurtful burn in my body, um, but when I, when I feel like she's, she's belittling me and saying hurtful things, then yes, I do. I, I attack back and I say horrible things. Why did you get married? I, I love her, number one, and I thought that she would be a, a um, great addition to help me with the boys. She appeared to be a wonderful mother, at least when I had first uh, met her with regards to her son, and I, I just thought it would be, um, it would give me that complete family, because I, I've never really had the opportunity to have a, a woman that helped me with the kids, to be honest with you. I've always been the dad and the nurturer. Do you want out of this marriage? The chaos, him and my son don't get along. I actually had an appointment to file for divorce and I got your reply. So now I'm here with you hoping we can save this marriage and these kids from self-destruction that they're in right now. Do you think if the chaos in the home settled down some that you would have an opportunity to start building your relationship back? I would, I would hope so. I mean, because right now it's kind of hard to be romantic in this situation, right? It's kind of hard to be nurturant to one another. Because if all you ever deal with in a relationship are problems, then you've got a problem relationship, right? Right. I mean, we, that, de that defines it. I mean, from the minute you open the door and come in, it's not going to be, hey, Good looking. We never say hi to doing? each other when we walk in. We can't even stand to be in the same room together any longer. Yeah. Well, what happens is I'll walk into the room, and if I don't, if I don't greet her, and I should, um, she'll jump down my throat for not saying hello, how are you, how was your day before. I mean, I couldn't be in the door 30 seconds, and sometimes she just... But didn't you just oh. define the fix to that problem? Yes, I did. I did. You said, all i got to do, if, if I walk in and don't speak or acknowledge her, I'm going to catch it. And I don't, so I do. Yeah. You're right. I mean, come on, a little Abner could figure that one out. <laughs> no, come on. You know, and, and, and it's really true. There's something that I've written about extensively called the first four minutes. It's really interesting that what happens in the first four minutes when a husband and wife come back together at some point in the day, dictates with amazing power what's going to happen the rest of that day. So if in those first four minutes you walk in the door and it's like, well, look at this. Probation officer called. Bills came in. I looked at your cell phone records, and who is this bitch? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> now, uh, not going to work. <laughs> you know, that kind of sets the tone for where you're going. But if, on the other hand, you just call time out in the first four minutes, doesn't matter if your brother sets your little sister on fire, doesn't matter. <laughs> just for that four minutes, you just take that time to say, hey, it's good to see you. You look great. Feels good to be in the room with you. Uh, just nice things. And then you go, so... What's happened today? Well, you know, we're in this together. Let's talk about it. It makes a huge difference. You know, I, I said at the break, you, you all aren't ready for divorce. You're really not. You haven't earned your right to get a divorce yet. What, what you're doing is you're hurting right now, and so the reactive thing is like, look for the eject button. But you, you gotta, let's calm some things down first. Let's, let's, let's get our roles clear. Let, let's do some things clearly here. And, and I'm gonna start talking about what that means. What you need to do, what you need to do, and maybe we'll get to these boys. I'm going to at least look at them on tape here in, in a minute when we come back. So you'll see who we're talking about. These are good kids. I mean, they're not like horrible little monsters or anything. They're really good kids. So when we come back, we're going to take a look at them on tape. And maybe we'll talk to them. We'll see. Never like Rob from the get-go. There's times I'll be calling her like a slut get the f*** out of my house. It's hard to hear someone say that's your own mother. That builds up a lot of anger in my heart. And I just want to take a hold of her. Brandon was selling drugs when he was 18. He does use marijuana every day. He says he will do it for the rest of his life. Very heartbreaking to hear that. Well, Melissa and Robert are trying to save their family, their marriage, and frankly, their sanity. Robert says the source of their biggest conflict is Melissa's 20-year-old son, Brandon. Brandon is not a good role model for my boys. He's 20 years old and he's not paying bills, he's not following through on responsibilities. He has a terrible temper. He uses his mother. I was paying all his bills. About eight months ago I stopped paying. They are backed up, creditors are calling. Brandon does not have any rules. I have given Brandon money numerous times and he's promised to pay it back, but he never does. Well, we're talking to a blended family that is fighting to stay together. Now, Melissa and Robert say their 14-year-old son, Ben, is spiraling out of control, and they're fighting a losing battle over how to help him. Ben is one of the biggest problems we're having right now. His drug use is out of control. I smoke a lot. Pot makes me feel good. There's not a question on my mind that he's putting the pain in the pipe. Never talks. He really doesn't care about his sports or really school or, or anything. I don't have any plans for my future. Ben has said that he wants to drop out of school and sell drugs. Well, 15-year-old Jacob has stopped smoking pot. That's the good news. But his mom says his relationship with his 13-year-old girlfriend is just flat inappropriate. Jacob has a 13-year-old girlfriend, and he does sleep at her house every weekend. I'm really escaping to my girlfriend's house. She always knows how to put a smile on my face, even when it's like the worst of days. I sleep downstairs on the couch. I believe Jacob is having sexual relations, and he has eight condoms in his drawer, then he has five, then he has four. If he's not sexually active, where are the condoms going? Her parents are very good Catholic people, and I truly trust there's no hanky-panky going on. I am still very concerned because I'm Catholic, and I would never allow a 13-year-old to have a 15-year-old boyfriend sleeping overnight. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's talk about these boys for a minute, and, and we'll probably meet them here in a minute. 
your son's behavior is not his girlfriend's parents' problem. He's escaping over there, right? There's not question. He, he gets mind. away. He gets out of this craziness and goes over there, and he's got a little girlfriend over there who's 13. That's one year above 12. <laughs> right? Yes. It's one year above 12. And he's got eight condoms, then seven, six, five, four, three. I don't know. It suggests to me that that may be way inappropriate. But in any event, the fact that he's fleeing every chance he gets, he's probably fleeing to her and away from you, right? There's two motives there. Get away from you, get to her. Um, that, I mean, she's 13, which is one year above 12. I know. That's not right. That's not right at any level. I try to say no. Okay. And, and here's the thing. Let me, let me give you a, a rule of blended families. You have to discipline your boys, and you need to support him in doing that. You can't discipline his boys. It needs to come from him, and you need to support him in doing that, which means the two of you need to get to the side and decide, here's what we need to do with these boys. But then you need to carry it out because you don't have the history with them that he does. You're not their mother. You're his wife, and that's a huge difference. So they're not going to respond to you as an authority figure in any way. You need to discipline your son. He can't do it. He can support you in doing it. He can be a male role model. He can, he can help, but he can't be the one that steps in as a father figure and leads this boy. He can't do that. It doesn't work. Now, you, maybe it should, and if you guys had blended this family when they were two and three, I wouldn't say that because you would have the history. You would have the bonding. You would have that connection with them, but you don't have that now, nor will you ever in the future. You may have respect, and you may be acknowledged as someone that is in support of, of the disciplinarian, but you can't raise his two boys from a disciplinary standpoint. Can you nurture them? Yes. Can you love them? Yes. Can you teach them how women want to be treated and show them how to treat girls and all those? Yes, 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 and yes. But you have to be the one that steps up and, and provides the structure and the guidance for these boys with you in the support role. But he tries to make me be the disciplinarian. You reckon that's why I'm bringing this up? Yes. <laughs> because I try to do it. I, sometimes I feel when I do set some roles that they like it. They're happy. I'm sure they are. But, they, when, but, but when they're not happy, it's going to take you, not you. That's what I mean. And, and, I, and that's not just because of any flaws on, on your part. That's true with any blended family. That's just the way it works, right? You, you can't, once they get past really five or six, but certainly once they hit puberty, I mean, you're just some guy. And you're just some lady. You're just like a teacher or something. And, and so you're not going to have the ability, you're not going to have the leverage to do that, which means you've got to do it. So can Robert and Melissa do what it takes to save their family? I think so. We're going to find out next. We do our shows in front of a live audience, and we have a great time here, don't we, everybody?
So if you want to be in the Dr. Phil audience, go to drphil.com and click on be in the audience or call 323-461-PHIL, 323-461-7445. We'll see you right here. Ben and Jacob are definitely suffering. I would love if Brandon and Rob could get along. I've reached out to Rob's kids. I just wish he would reach out to my son. My goal is to try and get these kids the structure and be the mother that they never had. Well, we're talking to a blended family that is fighting to stay together. Uh, tough times out there right now. And when you got a blended family and you got teenagers in there, it gets really tough. And, and here's the thing. We've got to get this under control. And the earlier you make your stand, the better you are. Because you think they're tough to deal with now. Wait till they're 16, 17, 18. They're going to get bigger. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get smarter. They're going to get driver's license. You need to get control now. Because they're just, they're growing and growing and growing. And so you've got to get control now. Dr. Phil, this, I guess this is the, the question that I have for you. I, I had at some point told Jacob, you're not allowed to go to his your girlfriend's house and sleep overnight. Um, I had a conversation with her parents. They assured me that they were keeping them very closely monitored. Um, and then he says, well, I'm going, I'm going over that. I'm going over there whether you like it or not. Um, and I guess that's, that's the toughest part for me as a parent that I, I just, I don't, um, I just don't say no when I, I need to the most. Can I say something? Yes. If he, if he or I do say no, they get angry. I'm going to punch you in the face. That sort of thing. You know, they can get happy in the same pants they got mad in. You know, I. <laughs> it, the, the, uh, what we've got. What would I do if they came at me and they were angry? I would protect myself by trying to get a door between them, me, and the phone I was calling 911 on. Exactly what I do. I pick the phone up. I mean, if. If, you know, we think we got a couple of tough cases here, we'll, we, uh, I'd call it bluff. I, I mean, seriously, I Dad. You. I have, Dr. Phil. Because here's the thing. They don't want to be in this situation, and, and I don't want to put these kids in jail. These aren't bad kids. They just don't have any guidelines. They don't have any controls. And tell me what you think the goal of parenting is or the definition of parenting? And this is kind of a test, but I mean, it's not like some exact answer. I'm just wondering what you think it is. I think part of being a good parent is leading by example, um, where you give them the structure and the guidelines of growing up to be responsible, uh, to be mannerly, to being um, good citizens. Um, okay. So, and I, I, that's very well said. You, your job is to prepare them for the next level. Correct. Right, because life's in cycles. At first, they're dependent, you know, little kids, and you're changing their diapers and feeding them. And then they go into the preparatory stage, where you're preparing them for life. And then they go into the performance stage, where it's their job to be mom and dad and be out there doing that. And so right now, you're, you're not raising kids. You're raising an adult. What kind of adult these boys are going to be is a function of what you're doing right now. You are raising adults, not children. And the kind of adult they will be it's a function of what you're doing right now. And so we, we have to do what we have to do to get this under control. Now, I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to ask um, the producers to bring the boys out and put them in the front row here. And 
uh, let's hear what they have to say. This is not about doing something to the boys. It's about doing some things with the boys, but definitely doing some things. We'll be right back. like to purchase a tape or transcripts of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. 866-437-7445. I need to stop smoking pot. I thought about selling pot because I'm too young to have a job. I don't think I get caught for selling pot. I'm not happy at all. It makes me just like want to go out with my girlfriend and have lots of fun and not have to worry about anything that's going on at my house. All right, well, we have um, the uh, two youngest boys joining us right now. You, you guys have been watching some of the show, right? Just yeah. a little bit. What do you think about what we're talking about so far? Well, I just have a problem with like staying over at my girlfriend's house because we definitely do not have sex at all. Yeah, what are you doing with those disappearing condoms? Um, I don't even have any condoms at all, but okay. It's ridiculous. Are you saying that they're in his drawer and then they're not? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because here's the thing. I, having a girlfriend's great, but it's really important that you're responsible about it, right? So, Ben, what's the deal with smoking dope? I don't know, I like to. How much do you smoke? Do you do it every day? Yeah. Where do you get it? Friends. Where do you get the money to get it? Him. Your dad gives you the money to get it? Yeah. Yeah, does he know what it's for? Mm-mm. So, do you, you buy this from a friend or you have a dealer or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got yeah. a lot of money from Christmas over the holidays. So Christmas money? Yeah. Well, happy holidays. <laughs> Do you think it's wrong to be smoking dope at, every day at 14? No. You, you, don't, you think that's okay? And do you think it slows you down and kills your motivation? Yeah? No. Just kind of keeps you mellow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you smoked dope today? No. No? no. <laughs> You're in L.A. and you didn't smoke dope? <laughs> uh, 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 is he kind of laid back right now? Is this the way he always is? Unless you tell him no, then there's problems. Do you guys want them to stay married? I don't care. You don't care one way or the other? Jacob, do you care? That's their business. I'm not. I'm just, I just stay at my house. That's all I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see any problems here. See what I'm dealing with? Um, you understand they're not going to like this process at all. They're not going to like me at all. I don't care at all. Because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm expendable. They don't, they, don't, they don't have to like me, but are, are we agreed that we really need to get a, get a grip on things and, and turn some things around? Absolutely. And old Ben here just kind of 
coming in like a cool breeze and smoking dope every day, that can't continue. I mean, that, you have some real problems if, if you knowingly allow that to occur. That has to change. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. All right, we'll be right back. For much more information on today's show, please visit drphil.com where we have everything you need to know to parent your child. Well, we've been talking to a family that, in my opinion, desperately needs to have a unified front. I mean, don't y'all think this is a nice couple? I mean, really, a, 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 nice, a, a nice couple. And we just kind of started something here today, and I hope I've given you a lot of food for thought. And this is a beginning. I mean, it's not an end. I, I want to make some resources available to you uh, on a family level in your town, handpicked, to help facilitate some things that need to get things turned back right side up instead of upside down. And one of the things that may have to happen here, and I predict that it will have to happen, is you're going to have to get Ben and maybe Brandon in some type of rehab. And I, because I think you have, I've not met Brandon, but I think you've got a 14-year-old addict. And I think he's going to have to go through detox, and I think he's going to have to learn why this isn't okay and get under control. And I will make those resources available to you as well. There's nothing that we won't do to try and help you do what you need to do. Fair enough? Thank you. All right. Go to drphil.com where we put up some special resources that will be helpful if you are in a blended family, and also some information for parents if your kids are using drugs. It's not okay. I don't care if they tell you that's what everybody's doing. If that's what everybody's doing, then everybody's wrong uh, because it's just not okay. Thanks for being here. So long. <laughs>